The Schizophrenic 60s, Songs, Part 2, 1962 and 1963. 1962 was notable for the introduction of the first practical electronic keyboard for synthesizing music, the Moog. Invented by Robert Moog, the non-acoustical musical maker kicked off a new era in sound and composition. In England, the group had changed its name from the Quarrymen to the Moondogs to the Moonshiners to the Silver Beatles, was performing at a jazz club as the Beatles. John Lennon, Ringo Starr were 22 years old, Paul McCartney, 20, and George Harrison was 19. In America, the Peppermint Twist by Joey D and the Starlighters supported one dance craze. Dee Dee Sharp's Mashed Potato Time supported another, as did Chubby Checker's Limbo Rock and Little Eva's The Locomotion. America was then, as we've seen, the land of a thousand dances. The Four Seasons, featuring the stratospheric falsetto lead vocals of Frankie Valli, born Francis Castellosio, began a remarkable string of 11 top 10 records between August 1962 and November 1965, with Sherry, a song that it took its composer Bob Godio about 15 minutes to write. Some songs take forever. Sherry was a quickie, he admitted. On the charts, it shot ahead of Neil Sedaka's Breaking Up is Hard to Do and remained number one for five weeks, finally pushed out to second place by Bobby Boris Pickett's eerie-sounding Monster Mash. Two months later, The Four Seasons had another number one with Big Girls Don't Cry, a title taken from a line uttered by Clark Gable in a movie. Both Big Girls and Sherry had been recorded at the same studio session, released just weeks apart. In November of 1962, Big Girls beat out Elvis Presley's Return to Cinder and The Crystals' He's a Rebel. The Four Seasons would start off the new year of 1963 with another hit, Walk Like a Man, making them the first group to have three consecutive number one singles. As one of their critics wrote, quote, the group used the production techniques of uptown rhythm and the blues formula that is an, in an unexpired and awkward manner. Their widespread success reflected the state of the early 1960s market, end of quote. And partly because of the Four Seasons song so perfectly reflected the pop tone of the early 60s, all are nostalgic classics today. Other hits of 1962? Doo-wopping Gene Chandler began the year by turning his musical obsession for a scale-climbing duke-duke-duke phrase, initially conceived as do-do-do, into the top-selling Duke of Earl, which beat Dion's The Wanderer. The young daughter, Shelley Fabre, on the popular TV sitcom, The Donna Reed Show, surprised viewers with her number one single, Johnny Angel, which for two weeks in April outsold Elvis Presley's Good Luck Charm and Roy Orbison's Dream Baby. Midspring, the Shirelles were at the top of the charts with their pleading Soldier Boy. The hit was hastily written in the studio and recorded in the final minutes of a session. For a time, it outsold Ray Charles's I Can't Stop Loving You, which became a summer ballad favorite, along with Bobby Vinton's Roses Are Red. That summer of 1962, the United States launched the first communications satellite, Telstar, and British composer recording engineer John Meek turned the event into a number one Christmas time record, Telstar, a commemorative instrumental by the Tornadoes that featured otherworldly sound effects. It was the top-selling record of the year as the year closed, beating Marcy Blaine's Bobby Girls. The Tornadoes became the first British group to have a number one hit in the United States, phenomena that will soon become commonplace. Fall of 1963 saw two standards climb to the top of the charts, Blue Velvet, a hit in 1950, 
by Bobby Vinton, and Deep Purple from 1934 by Nino Temp and April Stevens. In fact, the latter song was number one the tragic week in November when John Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, plunging the nation in the deep mourning. For Bobby, Roses are Red Vinton, Blue Velvet came four months after his hit Blue on Blue, causing people to refer to the early 60s as his Blue Period. The singer actually recorded an album of all blue songs, including Blue Moon, Blue Hawaii, and I Am Blue. The year began with Sidney Leibowitz's professional name, Steve Lawrence, scoring a number one hit with Go Away Little Girl, which was soon displaced by the rooftop singers Walk Right In, a tune from the 30s. Peter, Paul, and Mary had a two million selling record in Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind, a hymn for the rebellious anti-war social protesting generation, while another Paul teamed up with a woman named Paula for the smash duet Hey Paula. For a time, the song outsold the drifters up on the roof. In late winter, teens were dancing to Ruby and the Romantics, Our Day Will Come, and the Siobhan's He's So Fine. Come spring, Leslie Gore proclaimed, It's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. Little Peggy March swore, I will follow him, and Andy Williams confessed, Can't get used to losing you. And Peter, Paul, and Mary scored a hit with Puff, the Magic Dragon. Surfing singles was the summer fad, and Riding the Waves was glorified in the Beach Boys' Surfing USA and Jan and Dean's Surf City. The idyllic sound called surf music was big from coast to coast and even inland. The Beach Boys wrote, wrote one critic, quote, spoke directly from adolescence experience. Unlike the contrived teen idols of the 50s, their songs flowed from the life around them. They presented plausible visions of surfing, cars, dating, the beach, the drive-ins, and rock and roll, end of quote. Within less than two years, the group scored with seven smash albums of smooth harmony and surf-riding rhythm. From I Get Around, 1964, to Help Me, Rhonda, 1965, to Good Vibrations in 1966. Their music, writes one reviewer, quote, presented adolescent summertime freedom in an affluent consumer society, and within their vision of the carefree bounty lay optimistic joie de vivre and became the foundation of the love generation, end of quote. As a group on the pop music scene, though they, and practically everyone else, would soon be eclipsed by the arrival of the Beatles. Other 1963 hits included So Much in Love, Easier Said Than Done, Elvis Presley, You're the Devil in Disguise, and Fingertips Part 2 by 12-year-old Little Stevie Wonder, who blossomed into a major recording artist in the next decade. As Christmas approached, an unlikely pop performer named Sister Lucy Gabrielle from Belgium's Fishermont Monastery recorded an album of modest songs loved by her order, one, Dominique, released in America, eulogizing the founder of the Dominican Order, St. Dominic, climbed to the top of the charts and made The Singing Nun an overnight sensation. She appeared on The Ed Sullivan Show, and Hollywood rushed out a movie of her life starring Debbie Reynolds. By that time, Sister Lucy Gabrielle had left the convent, returned to private life, a well-to-do secular woman. Well, that's 62-63, and of course, 64 is going to be a big one. That's when the Beatles will come out, and we'll also be dealing with 1965. A lot of music in the 60s, a lot of music that we're still listening to, and a lot of music that has a lot of meaning for people still today. Now, the source for this, Panati's Parade of Fads, Follies, and Manias, The Origins of Our Most Cherished Obsessions by Charles Panati. So I hope you enjoyed that, and as always, don't forget to come by the website, summahistorica.com, or historyaccordingtobob.com and ask a question 
leave a comment, check out our merchandise, and if you like what we're doing, please feel free to support us. Thank you very much.